Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Tuesday, October 24th. Today, Sun business reporter Tamara Chung breaks down Colorado's storied history with the cable TV and what she learned at a big industry event held in Denver. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pinnacle Assurance, Colorado's leading workers' compensation provider. Right now, Pinnacle Assurance is offering enhanced nationwide coverage to protect businesses as they grow. From a storefront in Pueblo with a new location in Arizona to a florist in Boulder with a greenhouse in Oklahoma, Pinnacle goes where businesses grow. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In 1859, during the Pikes Peak Gold Rush, settlers in the western part of Kansas and Nebraska territories held an election for a provisional Jefferson Territory to safeguard land and mining claims. This territory was unrecognized by any official authority and emerged out of the need for governance in a region where neither Kansas nor Nebraska had control. Named after President Jefferson, who made the Louisiana Purchase, the territory encompassed modern-day Colorado and parts of Kansas, Utah, Wyoming, and Nebraska. Robert Steele was elected its governor. Despite its efforts, the territory lacked powers like tax collection. By February 1861, the official Colorado Territory was established, rendering Jefferson obsolete. Steele relinquished control, marking the end of Jefferson Territory's short-lived existence. Before we continue, another quick message. Do you or anyone you know have questions about Medicare as open enrollment begins? Join the Colorado Sun virtually on November 2nd as health reporter John Ingold speaks with panelists about everything you need to know about Medicare and helping select the right plan. The event is free, virtual, and open to the public. RSVP today and submit your questions for panelists by visiting coloradosun.com slash events. Next, our feature story. Hey, thanks for listening in today, everyone. I'm David Krause, one of the editors here at The Sun. And I am joined today with Sun Business reporter Tamara Chang. Tamara, let's just jump right into it because you and I have been talking about it for a few minutes in our pre-production. So we got to just start recording these awesome conversations. We're talking today about cable TV. You went to this big cable TV conference in Denver uh, last week. Uh, Some of the big players were there. Jump into Tamara. Why why was this big cable industry thing in Denver last week? Yeah, so this was actually the it's called the SCTE Cable Tech Expo. It's part of the Society of Cable Telecommunications Engineers, and um, it it happened to be in Denver. Uh, it's not always in Denver, but um, there were many reasons for it to be here because this professional organization is actually a subsidiary of something called Cable Labs, which is based in Louisville here in Colorado. And they sort of look and they design, develop um, a lot of the next generation technology specifications for the cable industry. So for example, um, what just came out is something called like 10G internet for the cable companies. And this is it's it's called DOCSIS 4.0. I mean, some people actually may know what DOCSIS stands for. It's, um, but it's it's internet over coaxial, right? The cable lines. DOCS the, this next generation does up to 10 gigabits per second, and it goes over coaxial and fiber internet. It's a big deal. They've been work. I mean, the industry has been working on it for several years. I think I wrote a story about this probably like four years ago. 
And um, it finally came out and it came out um, the first neighborhood uh, where it debuted was in Colorado Springs of all places. Um, And that's partly because uh, some of those neighborhoods here are some of Comcast's uh, newest neighborhoods. Comcast obviously is a pretty major um, cable provider in Colorado. So, uh, but Colorado Springs was picked first and then, uh, then Comcast is moving to, um, the rest, you know, Philadelphia or Pennsylvania and all their other locations probably may get to Denver maybe by next year. Although I don't, I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to call you out on it and say, bring it back, Tamara, bring it back to why was this conference in Denver and, and the Denver area? Because we've talked about this, right? The, there is such a deep history in the Denver area for the cable industry, yeah. right? I mean, some big, you know, small time players back in the day or some big time movers and shakers, right? Right, right. And the funny thing is, you know, as we mentioned uh, last week on the podcast about tech hubs and what might be coming to Colorado. And by the way, if you haven't kept track, uh, Colorado was picked to be the quantum tech hub um, by the uh, federal government. But um, in in thinking about tech hubs, you know, the Denver area especially really was the tech hub for cable TV back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. We had a lot of pioneers here. Probably one of the biggest names is John Malone. He was uh, the head of TCI, uh, which is uh, Telecommunication Inc. It was it became one of the biggest cable providers back in. I think the 80s and 90s, um, lots of people had TCI. I think there was even, you know, Al Gore got involved because uh, his mom um, complained about rates going up. Um, that was back in the 90s. But the thing is, I mean, John Malone has has been super smart, well-respected in the industry. He happened to be at the show, sort of. He was there virtually and um, getting, you know, part of the keynote session. But beyond beyond that, I mean, John Malone also is, uh, he's like a longtime investor in, you know, what's, I mean, some of his investments, you know, sort of became Charter, um, Communications, Liberty Global. He's just been in a lot of places. And because of that, you know, things like Cable Labs actually located, um, they started up here in the, in Colorado, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, slightly North of the Denver area, but um, it, that's why this area became a hub for this activity. I mean, people moved here and I think, you know, there's been a lot of changes in the past 20 years when it comes to cable, obviously uh, um, with high-speed internet that became a growing feature for the cable industry when TV cable TV subscriptions kind of been have been in decline, you know, and, and actually Mike Freeze, who is the CEO of Liberty Global, mentioned at the conference that uh, 70% of the technology used today, you know, wasn't even around when SCTE was started 40 years ago. So the conference, you were there for the opening day, uh, Freeze and Malone kind of had this um, virtual uh, back and forth, kind of picking uh, each other's brains, as it were. Talk about what you kind of learned through that conversation and some of the the thought that Malone has on the industry in the next, say, 10, 20 years. Um, yeah. So, you know, 
if you've been in the cable industry or trying to survive in the cable industry, you've probably not been happy with the growth of streaming uh, video, you know, Netflix's and Amazon Primes and stuff, because that content is competing uh, with your your model. I mean, obviously, this is a lot has changed in the last 20 years. And um, the cable providers, you know, now they are more supportive of it, partly because they've they've lost a lot of uh, subscribers this way. But mm-hmm. a lot of these subscribers still need internet. But um, the interesting thing is, like, when he was on stage or when he was being um, grilled virtually, John Malone had mentioned that he he thought the um, recent deal between Disney Plus and Charter Communications was was like a good sign of what's to come for the cable industry. Um, if you know about what's happened, you know, cable prices have um, gone up. You know, they they started going up, you know, 90s in the aughts and, and, you know, in the past several decades because the content, you know, that the price of that keeps going up. And then when all those content providers, you know, like HBO, for example, they spun off and they just started working directly with consumers. You know, that's where the cable providers lost a lot of customers. But now in a new deal, Charter and Disney have made an agreement where Charter customers can access Disney Plus. And uh, John Malone's comment on that was, well, he called it a peace treaty, but he also said, uh, you know, he he thinks this will prolong the life of linear TV, which is, you know, you watch TV as it as it is live. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he mentioned that he thinks it will uh, keep that revenue stream going for the cable companies and quote, slow down the transition to big tech becoming the primary source of video entertainment. But we'll see if that happens. Well, but it's interesting, right? Because the the conundrum is, to me, cable TV, growing up on cable, right? I mean, we're you and I, we were the generation where we had the old dial TVs and, you know, from UHF on. So we've lived the whole advancement. And I mean, there's millions of billions of dollars in this industry. We know because Malone's what second richest man in, in Colorado based off of his smart workings in the industry. Mm-hmm. So to me, it feels like it's that conundrum of what, it's, what happened to landlines, right? Like we hung on to landlines and hung on. And then it's like, well, why do I have a landline when I can just have a cell phone? And mm-hmm. That's the conundrum, I think, for a lot of people who have cable, such as myself still. I have cable set up, but it's through Wi-Fi, so I don't even have a cable line going in my TV. But to your point, I get my internet from the cable company. So that's, right, is that kind of the parallel that you see in all of this, Tamara? I mean, you've had long interviews in the past with Malone and with Freeze. Is mm-hmm. Am I seeing that right? Um. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've actually covered this industry for a long time. I haven't, I haven't covered it um, more recently for the Colorado Sun, but I was back in Southern California, um, you know, 20 years ago when some of the fast internet services were, you know, from Verizon and, and um, AT&T were just coming out. So those were already starting to compete with the c- cable providers. But the other thing was this push for a la carte I don't know if you remember that term. I do remember in, a la carte. When yeah. it comes and it to was like cable. They were t- it's kind of like these sports deals, right? They were tired of paying. Well, if you want it, we're not going to pay the big deal. You know, the whole uh, 
altitude TV fight right. with, was it Comcast, right? Yeah. Uh, and then and I finally dished. moved and I'm on Spectrum and I lost ESPN for a while <laughs> because they got into a fight and I wound up getting ESPN contract and paying $12 a month to watch some college football. And a week later they settled. So it just, I'm into it yeah. now and it is really so interesting. For, like for the said. longest time, um, Cable providers just wanted to, you know, they they had to support all their content. So I remember asking, so I was back in Southern California where there was Time Warner cable. And I remember asking them, well, why don't you go a la carte? You know, make a name for yourself and you'll be the first one. And they're like, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, we got to, if we, you know, if we only let people buy ESPN, who's going to pay for um the other channels. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe people don't want those. So, but the funny thing is, you know, I, I do remember writing stories about, um, you know, once these streaming services like Netflix and Amazon prime and, and even sling TV, which is from dish when all of these started coming out and, and, you know, HBO and stuff like that, they started offering these quote, a la carte plans. You know, I remember writing stories about how, okay, well, if you want this and you want, you know, the premium movies and you want sports and you want all these and you need Internet to do all this, your bill is going to be close to a hundred dollars again. Right. And this was probably this had to be a, at least a decade ago. And I would get angry emails from readers who were saying, oh, you're just trying to promote the cable companies. And I'm like, no, I'm just being realistic. So, but since then, you know, cable companies have sort of, you know, tried different things. And obviously channels and these a la carte options have converged and merged. Um, like uh, HBO has Max and Discovery and like all this other stuff. And I can't Disney even keep and up Charter. anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that mix, right? I do, but I, you know, I'm not going to pay another $6 a month for the extra sports package, you know, how they have it. But it is insane how many of these streaming things you can't keep up with. Oh, this one now mm-hmm. owns that one. But what does that mean for my bill? Because I remember when I got off a of cable and went to um, DirecTV mm-hmm. and everyone's like, you're on satellite. You got to put that satellite on the side of your house. And it was like, yeah, but look at the different, you know, the clarity, because that's when I was getting into HD and bought my first, you know, nice big HD TV. But I, I, I think it's interesting. What was out of the quick Q&A, Tamara, let's wrap it up with this. What did you learn about John Malone that you didn't know about before? Yeah, so Mike Freeze, he ended his uh, panel session with uh, John just asking him like a, you know, a lightning round of questions and with quick answers and stuff. And, you know, I was... It was very interesting. I ended up putting it in the What's Working column, so you should go read it if you haven't seen it already. But there were questions like, yes or no, Disney will still own ESPN in five years. And John Malone says no. You know, or if you were, you're a long-term buyer, so which one would you pick, Disney or Netflix? And Malone picked Netflix. So, you know, some of those things are are pretty funny. He also preferred uh, Ted Lasso over Yellowstone. Um thinks the IPO market will come back in 2025, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I, I thought yeah. it was uh, entertaining. And, you know, both of them are Colorado residents. Yeah. And they're not slowing down anytime soon, right? Right. 
Hey, Tamara, good stuff today. Um, always fun to talk a little uh, sidebar off of stats and, and all the crazy business stuff we do a lot of times, but this was a lot of fun, so I appreciate it. Also want to thank everybody for tuning in today. If you want to read more of the business news, read the story that uh, Tamara wrote last week about the conference. You can check that out at coloradosun.com and click on the business tab at the top of our homepage. And as Tamara mentioned, a uh, lot more of this uh, information on uh, in the What's Working uh, newsletter that came out on Saturday, comes out every Saturday. You can check that out and sign up there. That one's free. It's at coloradosun.com slash working. Tamara, thanks again for the chat today. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. A Colorado State University study has found that potential health hazards from wildfire smoke linger much longer than previously believed on indoor surfaces like carpeting, drywall, and even countertops. Researchers say that air purifiers alone are not enough to remove volatile organic compounds that cling to surfaces after a fire. Once the compounds have permeated a home, they can off-gas and contribute to poor air quality. Scrubbing floors and wiping walls may be necessary to eliminate the contaminant. The study authors said the compounds from wildfire smoke can infiltrate a home even when its windows and doors are closed. A federal judge Saturday blocked the state from enforcing a first-in-the-nation law that bans so-called abortion pill reversal in Colorado. U.S. District Court Judge Daniel D. Domenico granted a preliminary injunction against the law on behalf of a Catholic health clinic in Englewood. The clinic, Bella Health and Wellness, argued the measure violates its religious freedom and infringes upon its First Amendment rights. The judge also blocked part of the law that allows for sanctions against anti-abortion clinics for implying they offer abortions when they do not. Colorado has expanded its mandate for electric vehicles to take over the state's new car market in coming years, passing a requirement that zero-emissions cars and trucks make up 82% of inventory on dealer lots by 2032. The Air Quality Control Commission also adopted rules requiring tougher emission standards for cars that run on gas in an effort to combat volatile organic compounds and other pollution that contributes to Colorado front-range ozone violations. The vote Friday came as the Colorado Automobile Dealers Association reported that ultra-low emissions vehicles make up 17% of the new car and pickup market in the third quarter of 2023. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever. And the Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.